Hi babes, my name is Tran and I'm a 20-something-year-old just trying to navigate life. Walking to the beat of my own drum, I'm excited to take you along my journey. Showing you that through authentic living, a whole lot of self-love, and intentional actions in the right direction, you too are capable of creating a life that you're obsessed with. So are you ready? Because I thought so. Let's go. Hi, my love. Welcome back to another episode of Girls and the Gays, where I serenade you, make toast over coffee, we sit still, we get present, and we freaking send it. Point blank. Period. I am on some other energy today. I don't know why. I think, honestly, it's a good thing because I truly feel like, I don't know, more myself now that, like, we're 20 episodes plus deep into Miss Thang. I truly feel like I am just more me, and I hope you can see that. If you compare, like, what, this is, like, our 25th episode together now compared to, like, episode one, ew, oh my gosh. But everyone starts somewhere, right? Like, we have to take the first step, and we we gotta stop disqualifying ourselves and who we are and who we want to be and where we're trying to go, right? So I took the first step, I sent it, and we're 25 episodes in, which is kind of... So nostalgic to think back and be like, wow, like when my first episode launched, I was talking about my why. And that truly is what carries me forward and carries me through it all, especially on the tougher days or days where I'm like, oh, maybe I don't really want to record. I'm kind of tired. But then I just feel so fulfilled when every Monday you listen in and you let me know how much it resonates with you and how I feel like, or you feel like you're just FaceTiming me. Babe, that's exactly the feel and, you know, environment I want to curate for us. And I just want to be your biggest cheerleader, your confidant, a shoulder to lean on, someone to talk to and someone to listen to when you're walking, driving, whatever that might be like, you know, like cooking, doing your laundry, whatever. And I guess I just want to start off the episode with just a lot of gratitude and just to thank you for this because I've come to honestly love podcasting and love doing this every single weekend so, so much. I truly feel like this has become an intimate setting for the both of us and I'm just so glad you're here, babe. So please know how grateful I am um, to have you here. It never goes unnoticed. That being said... (laughs) You you keep asking me to talk about the story between um, this gay story that I had, right? Like, no, like, gay story, not adverb gay. Wait, what? Adjective gay? I'm not describing the story as gay. That That's completely disrespectful. I wouldn't say that. But I'm saying, as in this one scenario in my gay dating life um, story, I was very hesitant to talk about this, but this was, like, three years ago, and... I think it's, um, you'll you'll kind of see why and how it comes full circle at the end of the podcast or the end of this episode, but I love sharing stories and I felt that through storytelling, oh my gosh, and I felt that through storytelling, I feel like I can connect with you on a deeper level and I can give you a better understanding of what the gay dating scene is like and, you know, what kind of unfolds and what people just don't talk about. I feel like this is a great area of opportunity for us to connect and have a different perspective on the dating life and what the gay dating arena might look like for me so far. And here's another episode. So let's pick up our glass. Cheers to that. Miss Hydrofast is on deck. 
she said ASMR, but let's make a toast to, you know, a safe setting, a fun time, and let's get going. I want to unpack this episode and break down, you know, a deeper understanding to a moment of time that I had way back when, when... I valued, I put a lot of value in discreet men and guys were just who weren't fully aware of their sexual orientation, their sexuality, but kind of used me as a guinea pig. And let's kind of see how that unfolds through this episode. I really don't know where this is going to take us, but I truly do see value in storytelling, like I said. And I do think that somebody out there might resonate with this or maybe get a laugh out of it. So let's just send it and let's just have a good time. Okay. So keep in mind, my episodes are never scripted. Like, I don't really have a script, right? So I really don't know where this is going to go. But as you all requested because of my last um, few episodes ago when I talked very briefly about a experience of that one guy at this tailgate that I met, per your request, I really wanted to touch on this experience while kind of looping it back to what I've learned and how it built my confidence. And I always have to do that, right? Like I, I like talking about epiphanies and the silver lining of every single situation I've been, any obstacle that I've been, because again, through all the episodes so far, they've been lived experiences and my own experience of life and how I've been able to grow as a young 20-something-year-old, as a gay male, navigating the corporate space, right? And so I think dating is another area of opportunity that I would love to tap into more with girls and the gays. And I really want you to have a understanding of this because although being gay isn't all of tran, it does make up a lot of who I am and my why and why I decide to live authentically and why I show up as unapologetically myself because I'm in the beginning of the early stages of knowing my sexuality and self-discovering myself in my sexuality, I, you know, pushed it down a lot. I just never stepped into being gay because I was just so upset with myself. I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt that society hated me and all gay people go to jail or jail, hell, worse, and yada yada, right? So it's like all society has told me that being gay is a sin, being gay is bad. So I never really stepped into it at an early age. And so, you know, as a 20-something year old, when you're navigating being gay and your sexuality, sexuality as you grow older, now being 23, I really have kind of like stepped into the gay dating scene a lot, a lot more than in the beginning, obviously, right? So um, there are different stages as a gay male in the world or even any LGBT community member, right? Like I think many people can attest if you're a part of the community, it's like it starts with realization, discovery, experience, and the whole nine yards, right? And so I... Speaking on my own experience, when I first stepped into my sexuality, again, I just wasn't, you know, embracing all of it full throttle. And so it took a lot of time for me to be confident in my sexuality and be confident in the gay dating scene. I find it very valuable to share my story, although I am scared to talk about being gay still. And I am still scared to talk about the dating part of, you know, who 
I am, I still think that it'll challenge me in the best way. And again, I always say that this podcast is a come with me journey. And so, you know, I feel that I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't share this part of me with you. Um, so although this is a funny, a funnier story, I think um, we can come out of this story once I reach the end of the episode with um, a lesson that I do want to leave you with. And so... Basically, the story, without further ado, oh my gosh, the story starts when I was an undergrad and, you know, my best friend at the time was talking to this guy and I didn't know anything about it or whatever. They were just cute and all, whatever. Um, I, she was truly my best friend in undergrad and the guy, um, we would always see him at tailgates. He was in this frat, straight, you know, your typical straight edge frat boy in undergrad. And I always just said hi, bye to him. Didn't think much about it. Like, we made small talk, but any, nothing really that deep. I never really cared. Um, one day at a tailgate, uh, he just hugs me, whatever, whatever. It, it was not that deep. I was just like, okay, like a cute, cute little hug. But I was like, oh, she gave me a hug. <laughs> um, Loki, I did think he was cute, but I didn't think much of it. Gave me a hug, but also, like, made out with my friend in front of me, whatever. So I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's my sign to go. So, um, didn't think much of it. And I left the tailgate, <laughs> whatever, right? My best friend is still head over heels about this guy and literally wants to date him, whatever, whatever. And I was like, okay, whatever, cute for you, whatever. The guy ends up messaging me one day out of the blue when I'm on my way back from Thanksgiving break, messages me like, Tran, like, I've always been interested in you the whole nine yards, but I'm, you know, closeted. I've, um... I've never messed around with guys before, but I'm really interested in you and da da da. I was shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, like this man is hitting me up, but he was like, can you keep me on the down low? Can you keep like keep this hush hush? Like, don't tell anybody. Like, I want to like meet up with you. The whole nine yards. I was like, oh, ooh, this is um, this is very awkward because my best friend's like in love with you or whatever. And nothing ever happened with it. And I'm also not friends with that person anymore anyway. So like point blank period, I I have no attachments or no relationships to both of these people. So that's kind of awkward. But with that being said, I've had a few, few instances where I've talked to guys that were like that. You know, like they kept me as the secret and they kept me down low and it kind of sucks, you know, especially now that I'm 23, I've realized like, wow, like, I don't want to be the secret. I've come so far in my sexuality, who I am, my career. I feel that I have a lot of pride in how far I've come and I've accomplished a lot. And not just like accolades outside, but accolades within me. And in the sense of the thick skin I've been able to build, the bullies I've been able to put down by fighting them with kindness and how far I've come personally for my sexuality that I am not somebody's guinea pig. I'm not somebody's experiment to figure out if they're gay or not. You know what I mean? And I feel that oftentimes a lot of gay men like me or gay individuals or anybody within the LGBT community always feels this social obligation or obligation to help them or help people find like their sexuality and aid them and baby them and you know no we can help them no we can fix them or not fix them like or whatever but like put the pieces together and help them figure it out and even if you're not gay I bet in your dating experience too you probably were like oh no like I can help him like he won't be like that forever like I can fix that about him the whole nine yards right 
But where do you draw the line in the sand? Where do you set your standards and have those standards held high because you've come so far? Are you really going to stoop that low? Are you really going to settle for less when you've come so far, you've done so much, and you've accomplished so much? Um, I don't think that's the person you owe yourself and the life that you owe yourself anyway, right? And so why I decided to tell the story, although it's kind of silly and kind of funny, obviously, if you think back about it, like, oh, this man definitely hit me up and he was freaking cute, um, size. But, you know, overall, it kind of sucks when you think like, you know, this person just wants to keep you as a secret, you know, and you also feel obligated and you feel like, oh, like I can help him. I can help him step into sexuality, wherever that might look like. And I've had many instances where I've done that and I've done that to myself and I'm always left feeling empty. I'm always left on the side of the road where like I didn't get anything that I expected or wanted for myself. And it's not your obligation, okay? It's not your obligation to help somebody change themselves or, you know, do better, be be better and be good and the whole nine yards, right? I feel like oftentimes um, as we have big hearts and we wear it on our sleeves, we often feel that we should help them and, you know, guide them. But the thing is, it's not our obligation. And I think that strips us from who we are and who we're trying to be. And especially in the gay community, the gay hookup culture can be so toxic and can be so, you know, yeah, so toxic and can be so skewed one way and for one majority of like straight passing men, like only the straight passing ones are most valuable, not the quote unquote flamboyant ones, you know what I mean? And, um, the gay culture sometimes can be so toxic and so I don't want to aid that. I don't want to enable people to treat me that way and I don't and the way I show up in my life and how I let people treat me um is so crucially important to me because it's like I don't want to set my standards that low, you know what I mean? And by allowing people in my life who aren't sure about their sexuality when I've come so far in self-discovering who I am would just be such a disservice and I feel that I would be backpedaling and, you know, taking steps back in where I'm trying to go. And although I do still have a big heart and I'd be lying if I said I still don't find myself in situations where I feel like I want to help somebody through self-discovering themselves, at the end of the day, I still have to remind myself that it's not my obligation. And I think I say this because... Again, with dating, right? Overall, we feel obligated when we finally meet somebody like that we really like and they give us attention and they give us a crumb of niceness and whatever. Um, But there are all these other red flags that we choose to brush under the rug, right? And we are like, no, like we can change that thing about them, da 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 da. But the thing is, no, you can't change anything about anybody. Like, that's not your job. That's not your obligation. You should not be pulling their dead weight, right? They should choose you just as much as you choose them. And that comes with the good, bad, and ugly. But it's all about reciprocity as well, right? You can't be doing 90% of the work and they're giving you the 10% because the expector will continue to expect and the giver will continue to give. So I found myself in a situation found myself every time I'm in in situations like that, this person will start expecting me to continue to operate at my highest because I've only continued to give my most and I will continue to keep giving, giving, giving while expecting so little because I'm like, oh no, like it's my job, it's my duty, I need to help them, I need to like get them through this and 
it's just lackluster. And I, at the end of the day, I will start to feel empty. I will start to feel passive aggressive and you know, like, what's wrong? Why am I feeling so upset? But the thing is, like, you started to paint this narrative and go down this path that now doesn't serve you. And you're in a relationship that's just robbing you of the person you're trying to become and who you're trying to be, especially within the gay community as you're trying to figure out your own sexuality and, like, create your own self-worth. You can't keep diminishing that by bringing on people that operate at a different frequency. And sometimes, yes, this person might be a great person, but not a person or a great person for you, right? Because you want somebody to match your level. You want somebody to match your frequency and aid you, push you and grow with you, right? And there's always a kind of like this special dance that you do. It's always a tango, right? It takes two to tango. And you can't be the only person lugging, pulling the weight and doing all the work, right? Especially if you if you have also a lot of work that you have to do as your own person. And we all will always have work to do. We all have a destination that we're all trying to reach and self-progress that we're trying to make, right? Because we're human and that's an awesome problem that's going to be inevitable and that's until the end of time. But you want somebody that will meet you halfway and give into that flow as well, right? Because it's an ebb and flow. It's a tango that takes two to get done and do beautifully, right? And I've quickly learned you can only control the controllables. As you put all your love, blood, sweat, and tears and confidence in somebody else's hands, they will, man- I don't want to say they're going to manipulate you, but they have full control over you and they're going to live rent-free in your head. And putting your power in somebody else's hand is so unsafe because you're not protecting your energy and you're letting your happiness and letting everything be manipulated and controlled in by somebody else. And sometimes they don't even know that they they have that reign over you, but you've granted them that permission by unintentionally giving yourself up and living vicariously through them, seeing what they're doing, seeing what they're up to. And that's not the person you're trying to be as you're trying to intentionally live in the present current moment, right? So don't give up your power. Take back your power. Show up to the plate and be authentically yourself and unapologetically yourself. You don't want somebody to accept half you, right? Because you're going to live under a lot of passive aggression. You're going to censor a lot of who you are, what you want for a life that's going to be lackluster, which again is a disservice toward who you're trying to be and become and the life that you're trying to create. So catch yourself. Catch yourself with the relationships you surround yourself with, the people you let into your life, and the level of frequency that they operate with. Are they on that same trajectory that's similar to yours? Are they bringing out the best qualities that you are and you want to be and who you're trying to become, right? And are they grounding yourself in the present moment? Don't let anybody take up rent-free space in your mind because that is such a disservice to you. And then now you're going to be passive-aggressive toward everybody around you because you're not operating at your 100%. Girl, I know that happens, okay? Because I've been there, I've done that. I still have those days where if I'm in a pissy mood, everybody gonna be pissed, okay? Because I need everybody to be upset with me. And that's so selfish, you know, to think about it. It's pretty selfish. And so I challenge you to be present today, to be careful with the relationships that you bring on in your life and make sure that it's the energy that you want to operate at and it creates more of and you are able to be exuberantly you, okay? Because this is your only shot at life. We are not messing around with people that only want half of us and are keeping us a secret, point blank and period and point, okay? Exclamation point. And until next time, babe, thank you for being here. Have a blessed day.
My love, if you enjoyed this episode just as much as I enjoyed making it for you, please do me a favor and get onto social media. Help me get the word out by tagging me. What was your favorite part about this episode? Please go ahead and let me know. I'm excited to hear from you. And until next time, have a blessed day. You got this.